It's Monday, August 3rd. My COVID house dominated, and we have Helen Holmes of Miss Girlies. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby, today we spoke to Helen Holmes from Miss Girlies in Fulton. Yes, home of the fried chicken and the crab legs and the Philly cheesesteak and everything else that you want to put in your face right now during this awful, awful time. <laughs> the food at Miss Girlies is so intricate, they have to do YouTube tutorials on how to eat it properly or else you might die. I I don't know about you, but that is exactly what I want in my life, is a tutorial on how to eat things. I think that, that, that we should make them about everything. Have you ever heard of that before? A tutorial on how to eat something? Never. Never. So we're breaking new ground today on the podcast, on the Eat at Virginia podcast. Roby, you mentioned this in your open. What's happening at your house right now? You know, we're, I'm trying to do a good job here getting our audio fidelity up. And people are upset about our audio. Some people are talking about our audio, and I have this beautiful mic set up at my house, and you have nothing at your house. So I'm trying to like figure out how to get your audio improved. I have trees coming down is yeah. what I have. And it, cause I don't know if it's happening in your neighborhood, but in my neighborhood, it is as if quarantine means remove all forests. Every wow. The Lorax is very upset about this. <laughs> the, Lor the Lorax is done. <laughs> I don't know what you think, but that, that, that's that ship metaphorically has sailed <laughs> yes speaking of the great outdoors i had a nice experience this week on the james river with the kids good nobody drowned no, nobody drowned there was no food involved so i don't know if this is the right place to talk about it but I since i haven't really eaten out the last couple of weeks uh, we can talk about this we took the kids on on the james river on the whitewater rafting tour and you didn't feed them you put them out into the water with no snacks no how do, where, where are you gonna bring a snack everything gets soggy no, there's no snacks. There's no snacks involved. It's like a two and a half hour ride. They're fine. They were fine. So who does it? Yeah, so we went out with Riverside Outfitters down there on off of like Forest Hill area. That's where they're kind of located. You get on a you get a little training, get on a bus. They take you to the river, and then you just roll down the river. There's a couple, couple little rapids, and then it, it ends up down by the pipeline, where my daughter flew out of the raft, and I didn't. I lost sight of her for about two seconds. It was pretty awesome. Very scary. But uh, Asher and I, my son Asher and I, we laughed at her. And uh, she was rescued and everything was good. You know, we survived. They had, to they had to do a rescue for your daughter? Well, they have like this rope they throw at you and they, all, they yell, rope! And then they, you have to grab the rope and they, they pull you to shore. Otherwise, you just keep on going down the river. Like, you know, Chesapeake Bay or Atlantic Ocean, wherever this thing ends. So you whitewater rafted and your daughter was lassoed. She was lassoed. <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was a day. What was money well spent? A fun time was had by all. Good Riverside Outfitters, nice. I feel like that would be a great thing to do with all this heat. What are you doing in this heat? I think in a previous life, I, I am a, a whitewater rafting guide. I think that's what I want to be eventually—a whitewater rafting guide. In a, in a previous life, I was one, and then in, in this current life, I, I strive to become one. You know that this is something that you can do now. You could be a whitewater rafting guide now. Is that tree come down yet or what? Is it still being no, sawed? No, it's just, I'm just going to, this entire podcast is going to be completely screwed by a chainsaw. So I will, I will say I was, uh, so it was my, my son, my daughter, myself, and the rafting guide. And you don't know who these rafting guides are. I mean, you, you put your life in their hands essentially. 
and to, to steer you down the right, the right path. And they're giving you a little bit of history on the river. <laughs> you didn't ask for certifications. I didn't, but I found out uh, on the river that he's actually a Henrico fire, Henrico County firefighter during his normal job. And then when he's not working at the firehouse, he's a whitewater rafting guide, which gave me a lot of reassurance. I was very, I was very happy to know that I had a firefighter in my uh, people from burning buildings, lasses, children when they get lost. I mean, all those firefighters, they all, they all train on the river anyway. Those are the guys that rescue people, the guys and gals who rescue people from the river. So it was very, very reassuring, very reassuring. What's been happening with you? Oh, not a whole lot, you know, just cooking at home. Currently, I'm trying to figure out if to buy Ryan, my other half, a new grill. Are you gas or charcoal? Uh, I was gas for a long time, and then I went to charcoal, and now I do nothing because charcoal is annoying. <laughs> so it just uh, I've let my grill kind of just rust the last couple of years. And do you um, team gas. I think I would be if I if I dip my big toe back in that in that water, it'll be team gas. Well, I'd love to it, um, just to give like to get that out there a poll. Um, I'd love to know if anybody listening if they're team gas or team charcoal. Because currently we are trying to decide, we, we, I mean me, Ryan could care less, but um, we are trying to decide if we're going to change up the gas situation. Maybe we can get a sponsor, a grill sponsorship. Maybe some grill people out there are listening and they want to give us some free grills to test out. Hint, I would love a, look, I'm right here going to say right now, you want to sponsor us with a grill, Kroger, Lowe's, I don't care who it is, we will take the grill. We ain't too proud to beg. Nope, we're not. Eat it, Virginia at gmail.com. I mean, yeah, eat it, Virginia at gmail.com. Send us all your grills. I, I'll shoot me an email. I'll shoot you my address. Have it shipped right to me. You mentioned you're cooking a lot at home. Speaking of homes, you, uh, you kicked my butt on the COVID quarantine house. I thought that maybe last podcast when we talked about it, um, I thought maybe the final, the, the tallies hadn't come in yet. Maybe some some hanging chads needed to be counted, but no, that was not the case. W so hard. It was like seventy-five twenty-five. It was. It wasn't even that, Scott. But you want to know what? You can have that twenty-five percent. You're the Harlem Globetrotters, and I'm just the Washington Generals. Like it's uh, I, it's sports. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna get you next time. I have a new strategy. Next time we do this fantasy COVID house or whatever we plan on doing next. We're not doing a COVID house again. We'll do a beach house. You scared of me? You scared of it? Is that why? Yes, I'm scared of COVID. No, not I'm not COVID. Scared. Not COVID. Scared of me. No, I'm not scared of you. Okay. <laughs> There's no fear there. I will take you again. Speaking of COVID, uh, Helen Holmes from Miss Gurley's, she she's about to tell us her story. She spent two years raising money to open up this restaurant, and she opened it one week before the shutdown. Oh God, yeah, that was a rough thing. But she says she's doing pretty well. So let's listen to what she has to say and how she's coping with what's happening right now in the world. There she is. There she is. Hi, Ellen. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am great. How is the restaurant doing? I am open. I'm open. That that's all I can say. I'm excited. I'm just wonderfully blessed to be open because you know it took a long time. So, we're with Helen Holmes this morning of Miss Girlies, and 
Helen, this is not your first restaurant. This probably is not going to be your last restaurant. You've been in the restaurant industry for quite some time. 10 years. Tell us how you got to Miss Gurley. Wow, that's a long story, so I'll try to make it short. Um, Don't make it short. This is, you know, we have an hour podcast. This is great. This is the perfect chance for you to share your story. So, um, my brother is an awesome chef. Um, I was actually working in a podiatrist office, and my brother said, Helen, you know, we have to start a restaurant. So, we, uh, we said, we have to start a business. So, we started a catering business. Um, I was working at a podiatrist's office. He said, Helen, we are going to be so busy. You're going to have to quit that job. And it, it came to pass. We were so busy. I quit my job. We went downtown to feed the homeless um, in a building on Fifth Street. The, build on, the owner of the building loved us so much. He let his whole kitchen staff go, brought us in. We did the, uh, all of the food for the nightclub because it was a nightclub. And um, we said, hey, you're not doing anything with the space, so let us open a business, open a restaurant. So they did some renovations. Um, we opened Miss Gurley's. Um, business was awesome. Uh, my brother uh, decided to leave and go explore some other great opportunities. I stayed. Um, a new owner purchased the building, and it, it didn't work out for me. So I left. Um, then I went over to my friend's restaurant at 6335 uh, Jank Road, and we did brunch. I did my catering from there. And then I saw the space where we are now, and I said, that's for me. Um, actually, I raised my kids in that area, and the space I'm in now was a Chinese restaurant. They had the best Chinese food in the restaurant. So um, I rented that space. It, did, it needed a lot of work. Uh, I didn't have the money. So <laughs> the team and I um, set up fish fries in the parking lot, and we raised money to do all of the renovations myself, ourselves. Helen, I was reading a little bit about that story that you've shared um, with Richard Magazine and some other folks around town, and you seem pretty adamant about not wanting to take out a business loan or a small business loan just to get your restaurant off the ground. Can you talk a little bit about that decision and why you wanted to have all the money up front? Well, I didn't want to owe anybody. You know, I just wanted to do it on my own. It was just a personal reason, you know. I, I didn't want to owe anybody any money going in, moving forward. And um, I did it. How did those fish fries work? So I uh, sponsored a couple of ads on social media, just advertised, word of mouth. And um, people came from everywhere, as far as D.C., uh, North Carolina. They came from everywhere to support that fish fry. What do you think the reasons behind that were? Like, well, the was? fish is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the fish was good, but I mean, t- to drive from D.C. <laughs> in, in North Carolina, it's got to be some pretty darn good fish. But other than that, I mean, what do you think contributed to the, the word of mouth success and, and, and the, the great response you got? Well, I, I, people just wanted to support me. I have a wonderful support system, and, um, you know, I, I try to help the community. Um, you know, that, that's, 
that's what my whole restaurant business is about, supporting the community. And you know, if you support your community, your community will support you. You have a lot of community here in Richmond. You're related to someone else who's been on this podcast, I think, Micah? Yes. Bar. So how is that? He's your cousin, maybe? Yes. His mom and my mom are sisters. Ah, very cool. Have you now you've been to Mini Bar, right? Absolutely. Great food. <laughs> it's, it's great food. How does your food differ from Micah's food? He has uh, that upscale flair and we're down home southern. Well he's down home southern also, but he has that upscale flair. So tell us a little bit about what your menu looks like at Miss Gurley's for people that may not know. For Actually, tell us the whole thing. Where are you guys located and what do you serve? Uh, located at 4809 Parker Street. That's in the heart of Fulton. Um, and we serve everything from meatloaf, pork chops, smothered pork chops, crab cakes, um, that mac and cheese like grandma used to make. Like and where that. do your recipes come from? Uh, my grandmother. And she is Miss Gurley? Yes. Your grandmother is Miss Gurley? Yes. Can you sh share some stories with, with us about Miss Gurley? She was a great cook. She fed all of the kids in the neighborhood. And she used to make um, the bread pudding, which we offer now on our menu. It was the best ever. Um, that would be sort of like a treat for us uh, on Sundays for Sunday dinner. You raised your family in Fulton. Was this, was Miss Gurley, was that whole part of your life in Fulton as well? Or where was that taking place? I was in Charles City. Charles City, We're from okay. Charles City, yeah. It was just, we didn't have a big family. It was just the immediate family. And um, we just look forward to the Sunday dinner. I look forward to Sunday dinner too, if you can't tell. Fried chicken. And she used to make salmon cakes for us. Um, so we took that same recipe for salmon cakes, and that's what we use for our crab cakes. And now I, I do not like salmon cakes to this day because we ate them so often. But they were really good. But I just, I don't want any more. I've had my share. <laughs> Let's hop back for a second to um, you said the fish fries and raising the money to open up the current restaurant in Fulton. It, it was a several months long process, right? To get, to get the money together to open up the building and get it renovated? 602 days. I'm sorry, 658 days. But who's counting, right? Yeah, who's counting? <laughs> and that's almost two years worth of time that you, that you were waiting to open up this building. Did you ever lose, lose faith, ever lose hope that it was going to open? I did. Um, I went through a deep, deep depression. Uh, I, I just felt like I, I was never going to open. I felt like I, I was failing. But, you know, I couldn't fail because my grandmother's name was on that building. So um, I, I just kept doing it. I, I just kept, I just kept doing it. You finally opened on what date? March 4th. And what happened one week later? COVID-19. In your mind, you've reached this, this, this mountaintop. You've finally gotten your restaurant open, and then the world has other plans for you. That first meeting you had with your team, or even if it was just you and your brother, how did you figure out what you were going to do to keep this brand-new restaurant afloat? Well, I really wasn't worried about how I was going to keep afloat. I, I, was just, I was just happy, for one, to be open. 
And I didn't care if I only served one person a day for the next year, 40 days, whatever. Uh, I, I was open. And, you know, and I really wasn't worried about the business because I knew that if I could um, go 600 in some days without being open, I know that I, I could deal with anything. Whatever life threw at me, I knew I could overcome it. And so what were those first few days like uh, when the restaurant opened initially and then a week later when you had to change things around and kind of rethink the business? The first day, oh my goodness, it was amazing. People came from everywhere. We had people come from Fredericksburg to the uh, grand opening. Um, wow. And we prepped so much food. And we sold out. We sold out every day for the first week. It was just so amazing. Um, and then once COVID hit, uh, we just switched to takeout only. And the community has been very supportive. We're not as busy as I anticipated we would be. But, you know, like I said, the community is really supportive. I'm just grateful. I'm really grateful. Helen, the great thing about you, and uh, to, and I'm going to take us back a little bit, is you are incredibly philanthropic with what you do. You and I know each other from serving the homeless on the corner of 17th Street when your location was off of 5th, because every, what, Thursday afternoon, you guys would bring food down to the bottom to serve a group of people. I think that's what it was, every Thursday. Um Thursday. You still do that, correct? I do. And, and now it's what it, it's like every Saturday. What, I think you got, I don't know your schedule, but I know that you still serve like something like 500 meals I read or something similar to the homeless population here in Richmond now. Yes. So I work uh, very closely with a um, nonprofit called Community 5050. And the, every third Sunday, they pick up meals and um, they deliver to uh, different areas in the city. So, you know, that's, it's just something I have to do. It's something it needs to be done. So I have to be the one to do it, you know. I mean, it, it's just got to be done. What was part of that decision-making process? You said it has to be done. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it started when we were downtown and um, it was my brother's idea. So he said, Helen, you know, he and I had a long talk. He said, Helen, this is what has to be done. You know, we have to do this because we're very fortunate. We're blessed to have what we have. But there are people out here that don't have a meal, that can't get a meal. So, you know, we have to, uh, we have to contribute to this cause. And that's how it started. And then when he left, um, I, I just continued. And, um, my grandmother used to also feed anybody that wanted a meal. That anybody that was hungry, she provided a meal for. So you know, it's just something you have to do. Family tradition. Yeah. Similar to the restaurant, Mrs. Gurley's family tradition, being philanthropic, family tradition. That's incredible. Now, do you yourself cook? in the restaurant or do you have someone who does it and you are out in front doing all of the um, greeting and meeting and all the fun, well, fun stuff? <laughs> um, I cook every day in the kitchen. Now don't ask me if I cook at home. <laughs> I do not. 
if my husband wants something to eat, he better come to the restaurant. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's a lot of cooking in both it, places. It is. Um, and I have someone to uh, run the front of the house. Um, I, I just want to, I want to cook. You know, um, we have some very talented folks working with us. And, um, but I, I just have to, I've got to put that love in my food. I've got to do it. So just recently, Helen and I had a conversation about fried chicken, Scott. Um, and she she did not mince words when she told me how she prefers to have her fried chicken. So I think you should tell Scott exactly how it should be done. Yeah, I've got to have my fried chicken hot out of the grease. And it has to be seasoned to the bone. I would agree There's with that no 100%. You know, I was, no question. I was fortunate enough to come by your restaurant earlier, earlier this year. We did take out my little brother and I did my little brother, my younger brother and I did. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we sampled a lot of, a lot of your uh, cuisine and the fried chicken was definitely one of our favorites actually. So thank awesome. you for seasoning it to the bone. We, we all appreciate it. My family appreciates it. Awesome. We appreciate you. Speaking of brothers, how is it working with family? I mean, I know I love my brother a lot. But, you know, if we were together all the time, especially in a, in a kitchen setting, I'm, I'm sure things would get interesting. How is it working with family so closely? Well, I can't stand my brother and he can't stand me. <laughs> but when it comes to our mission at Miss Gurley's, you know, um, we, we know what has to be done. And, you know, we've set guidelines, um, you know, we just got to do what has to be done and we can punch each other and have a food fight after the shift. So, so I want, I want to hear a little bit more about that. I mean, that sounds like a pretty uh, explosive <laughs> dynamic. I mean, you love your brother, but you can't stand him. You say, so what, what is, what's that all about? Sibling rivalry. Every, everyone has it. Um, and I, I'm older, so I, I'm right all the time, but, um, but we don't have any, um, we, we don't argue, fuss and fight during the, uh, while the restaurant's open, you know. We have a meeting before uh, the restaurant opens. We discuss our game plan. Um, and then we just execute. You know, whatever um, disagreements we may have, we wait until after the restaurant's closed. And, you know, we, we, we talk about it. Did you teach him to cook? No, he actually taught me. He didn't go to school. He was trained by some of the top chefs in the world, all up and down the East Coast. He's a very, very talented young man. And I actually could not do it without him. So um, he just joined the team back in uh, April. And so you opened the restaurant without him, and then he came back to join yes. you? Yes. That has to be helpful. Another hand in the kitchen that knows what's going on. Yes. Now, have you uh, lived in the area your entire life? You said you grew up in Charles City and you raised your family in Fulton. Was there ever a period of time where you were not in Central Virginia? No. Throughout the course of your life, uh, in, especially in the neighborhood where you raised your family and now where you own a restaurant, what kind of changes have you seen for the good, for the bad, uh, in the community, in, the, in that part of town? The community is very supportive. Like I said, um, it, it's just like we're we're all a big family in Bolton. Big family. Yeah. 
I'm thinking about my big family and what you say, and we're we're very similar. There's we like each other, but sometimes being, you know, all in the mix together gets a little a, a little crazy. It does. <laughs> so I was doing some research about you, Helen. I was doing some research. I have my whole team of researchers looking into your past, and I found something interesting. Your birthday was this week. Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. How did you celebrate? I worked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you plan on a big celebration uh, in the coming days? Not a big celebration, just the kids and um, the immediate families coming over and we're going to cook and have some adult drinks. Nice. You look too young to have a 37-year-old child, I must say. You look great. I, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> You, you look great for having a four, almost 40-year-old child. I, th I was thinking that you were 37-ish. Well, thank you. So if, if you are eating in Richmond and you're not eating at your own restaurant, where are you eating? Because I feel like you have very specific fried chicken needs. So I imagine that your other food needs are very similar. No. And please don't judge me. <laughs> and please do not judge me, but... You know, I see my food all day. I cook it all day. It is good, but I don't want to eat it. I want somebody to cook for me. And oftentimes, well, I won't say oftentimes, sometimes I will order from DoorDash and have my food meet me here, meet me at <laughs> home when I get here. I know that sounds so crazy. No, no, we're all doing that. Where do you order from? What do you like? Are you a Chinese food person? Are you an Italian food person when you're not at your work? I love vegetables. Vegetables and cheese pizza. Any secrets in Fulton? Any restaurants or any spots in, 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 the, in the neighborhood that you would recommend to other folks that uh, might want to visit? Well, I'm the only restaurant in Fulton. Well, well let me retract that. There is Crispy's Fried Chicken. They're they'll still, they are still there. That's been a staple in the community for a while, for as long as I can remember, they have the best potato wedges. I will say I that. didn't know that. I have had their fried chicken, but I haven't had their potato wedges, so I'll definitely try that. So when you're, when you're ordering your pizza, from where is it coming? My favorite pizza place is uh, Brooklyn Pizza Authority. I have never eaten pizza there. Now I will, because this is a, you have, it's a good referral. Yeah, have you eaten pizza there, Scott? I have not, no. Yeah, my husband will make that drive. What was the name again, one more time? Brooklyn Pizza Authority on Hall Street, I think. Yes, cheese pizza and the veggie sub. Magnificent. Now, did I see somewhere that you started a television show? Yeah, that was, um, was that two years ago? Oh, my goodness. Yes, so... My good friend, Mike King, um, just pitched me the idea. So it was called The Richmond Restaurant Scene with Miss Girlies. Uh, I was kind of bored while the renovations were going on with my uh, restaurant. So I said, I just want to support some small businesses because um, whenever I was working, I never had a chance to support a small business. So we started the show, and I it, it was just like a diners, drive-ins, and dives. Only better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, 
we would just go and support some small businesses, get it on uh, on camera, and um, it was an awesome show. It really was. We were up to like 25,000 viewers at 5 a.m. in the morning on Tuesday. It was an awesome show. I met some great people. I ate some great food. Um, some of the restaurants that stick out in your mind as being some of your favorite to visit on that show? Soul Taco. We know those guys. <laughs> Best tacos ever, yes. Yeah, wonderful. Great people and great food. Yeah, they really are. Did you have to sign autographs from the community TV star? No, but when I would go to Walmart, people would just stop and <laughs> yell my name. Hey, Miss Gurley, I see you on TV. Take a lot of photos. So what's next for Miss Gurley? You guys, you guys have any plans for, uh, for the month of August or as fall rolls around? Just stay in business. Yeah. Serve up, serve some fried chicken. So I don't want to just pigeonhole you all to fried chicken. You have great crab legs. You were just talking about your crab cakes. I saw that you all are doing cheesesteaks now, somebody yes. said? Yes. So we do a Gillies Chicken Philly. And we named that after the Gillies Creek Park. So it's just uh, chicken breast marinated um, and onions and other things. And, and it's the best chicken filly I've ever had. And then you fry your crab legs, like shell and all, right? Yes. It's, it is the craziest thing I've ever seen and heard. But people are actually Buying. You you don't eat the shell, do you? You got to tell me how to eat a like a shell on crab leg that's been fried. How do you eat them? Well, first of all, I can't eat seafood. Ah, so you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an easy answer. Um, but uh, the breading. So so you eat the breading from the crab leg, and then you break into it, uh, and then you eat the meat from the shell. We've done a couple so of videos, a, a couple of tutorials on how to eat <laughs> Wow. <laughs> we'll connect one to the show notes of this. For so, sure. So people can learn how to do it, because I think they look delicious, but I don't know how to tackle it. Now I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it, Scott. So was that one of your, your, your brother Frank's ideas? Yeah. Yeah. He's in charge of menu development. Okay. Were there any other ideas that he, that he came to you with that you kind of were like, nah, I don't know about that. And then either success or less so? Well, the fried crab legs, I was like, are you crazy? But we tried it and people love them. Um, so uh, we haven't done them in a couple of weeks because, you know, you, you you have the same thing all the time and people won't want it. They want something different. So we add a couple, we've added a couple of different things. So we're going back to the crab legs in a couple of weeks. Good. I want to go back and, t and talk about one thing you mentioned earlier. And if it gets too personal, you don't have to you know, obviously discuss and we can edit it out. But you mentioned um, when you were trying to open up your restaurant, you fell into a depression. Um, and I know, you know, for other reasons, a lot of people are feeling the weight of what's happening in the world right now. How are you able to, to pull yourself out? Assuming you have, I'm not going to, you know, maybe, maybe we're all kind of in this de depressed funk anyway, but what kind of, um, 
advice? Coping or, mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. How, how could you help people that are listening now that might be struggling with similar issues? Um, I saw a therapist. Um, yeah. and, and that was the only way. And, and the support of my family, the encouragement uh, from my friends as well. Um, I, I, I don't know how I did it. My faith, family, support, that's yeah. how I got through it. And obviously it's not like one day you wake up and you're feeling great again. It's, I'm sure it's a constant. I mean, I can speak for myself. It's a constant. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Some weeks are good. Some weeks are bad. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's kind of where most of us are uh, these days. Mm-hmm. How do you keep yourself from falling down that, that, that pit of despair? Or if you do fall down, how do you try to climb out? Pit of despair. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, it's going to sound weird. So there, uh, I had a a nice gentleman plant some flowers in front of my building. And I'm going to tell y'all, I never watered those flowers. I don't think anybody waters the flowers, except for when it rains. I don't know if the rain will actually get to them or not, because there's like a ledge on our roof that kind of blocks the flowers. Anyway. When I go to that restaurant and I see that flower has bloomed, you know, that just gives me a sense of hope. It, it really, really does. It's like it's a sign. I don't know. I may sound weird, but, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think not- you do know. I think you do know. I think that was beautiful. I think that's exactly <laughs> what do. you need every day. That's, I mean, that's perfect. And, and, you know, I, I just get so much joy. I, I I feel so much joy when I pull into that parking lot. And I think, wow, I did this. I did this. You know? It's awesome. Two years of work paid off, Helen. I really love that. I think that that's um, such a great... I'm, I'm, I'm just... March 4th, I'm sure was one of the better days. I'm hoping that you guys are extremely busy. You are listening to Eat It Virginia with Helen Holmes of Miss Gurley. Um, and she's saying that they're going to have crab legs coming up in the next couple weeks. So I think everybody should go and eat the crab legs. Scott, I feel like we should go and eat the crab legs. I want to watch the video first on, on how to eat the <laughs> crab legs because I don't want to screw that up. A tutorial first, yes. Thank you, Thank Helen, you for, for your being time. with us, Helen. I appreciate your time. I know you guys are busier than you're saying because I see the pictures. So we really appreciate that you are here with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Happy birthday. Thank you. Speaking of coping, Scott, how do you how are you doing? So yeah, as I mentioned when when talking to Helen, I mean things are rough. I mean things are absolutely rough. And, um, you know, Helen talked about some of the things that, that she's doing to kind of pull herself up on the days when she needs to, to, to do that. Um, I don't really have a specific thing that I do. I listen to music. That usually helps me. I try to go for walks every day, every other day. That usually helps me. Um, sticking with family, you know, talking to my family and, and being with them usually helps me. How's your headspace these days? I some days I feel like I'm just like directly underneath a pile of sad. And then other days, um, maybe 
like a little bit above it. <laughs> and I like it's so it's so weird how it ebbs and flows. Of, like your the theme is it because we're all alone? I mean, I say that metaphorically and physically. Like it's just because we aren't connecting with other humans like truly like we used to be or just the days are all the same? I think it has, I think those are two very big parts of it. I think a third part of it is just that we're, you know, since we're not seeing people face to face, we're going to social media to connect. And when we're there, we're seeing just the worst, the worst headlines and the worst updates. And there's not a lot of positive. And when there is positive, it kind of gets drowned out by some of the bombastic headlines and, and kind of the, the, the really heavy stuff that, that, we can't really avoid. It's hard to avoid. Um, so I think it's just kind of like a, a whirlwind of suck. It is. A, yeah. It's like a vortex of suckiness. <laughs> That's what I think the whole, actually social media is aside. It, everything is just like, but I'd like to know, I'd be interested in what everybody else is doing to, I don't know, get into maybe a, I know that everybody feels cruddy right now, but maybe it's just a little bit better headspace. So you can shoot us a message at, at edavirginia at gmail.com or you can hit us up on social medias, either social medias, which is Facebook at Edith Virginia and Instagram at Edith Virginia because we'd like to hear, because uh, I'm going to do the things that you guys tell us. <laughs> like, I'm, you, like seriously, if it's stand on one foot and hop up and down 40 times, I'm totally going to do it. So tell us what you guys are doing and I'll do it all. Will you post it on social media so we can laugh at you? Yeah, if somebody starts asking me to bark and stand on one foot coming to America style, I will 100% post it on social media. Whatever you like. <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> no! Oh, God, no.